You're listening to the Morning Brew with Stu Podcast. And here's your host, Stuart Brooking. And here we go. As you heard the voice on the intro of state, I am your host, as always, Stuart Brooking. My special guest today, he's the president of the Off the Ball Network. He's a first time, for whatever reason, we just figured this out pre-show, he's a first-time guest and a guy who hopefully will come back on later on in the year to preview Colts-Giants, but that's later on in the year. It's the one, the only Chris LeBron. Chris, thank you for coming on. My man, I'm happy to be on. I've been waiting to come on. I think we had something going on maybe the beginning of the year, but, you know, like we talked about before, like my schedule was crazy, not just a few months ago, you know, working overnights is, it was crazy. It was hectic and all that. So I really didn't even get to get to do a lot of shows, but um, um, change the schedule back. So uh, I'm excited to hop on the show, man. I've been waiting for the, I've been waiting for the invite, man. I'm excited. It's probably one show on the network that I haven't been on yet. So I, I'm, I'm ready to go, Stu. Well, welcome aboard. Welcome to the show. And uh, like I said, I'm going to try to have you back on to talk Giants, Colts. But right now we're going to talk college basketball. Yes. And for those who don't know, you're a Duke fan. Let's start off there. Let's start off with you being a Duke fan. Coach K's gone. It's Shure's first year. I think I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. If not, John Shire, Shire, Shire. Yeah, his, it's his, his, this, his name is weird because of the letters and all that. You know how the English language is. It doesn't. It's Shire's first year. In his first year, what what's your what are your thoughts? What are your your opinions of not just him but this team as a whole? Because it does seem like a down year for Duke this year. And that's expected, right? Because obviously, Coach K is gonna go down. And it's not even my biasness. I think he's the greatest college basketball coach of all time, you know, and that's not like saying anything crazy. Right. I think a lot of people think that if not, they think he's two or three, whatever he, he's top three of all time. Right. So obviously just with that pressure there, there's a lot, right. There's a lot to take, you know, you, you they always say you don't want to be the first person to take over for a legend, but Sire's been in the program, not just playing, but he's been an assistant coach for, I think about eight, nine years or so. Um, so he's been groomed. Like when I knew Shire, I knew Shire was going to be the guy, you know, there, there were some rumblings of, you know, uh, some other coaches possibly taking over, but I knew Shire was the guy and he's been groomed for the position and, you know, what better person to learn from than coach K. So he came in, he's always been a good recruiter, but that was, you know, it's, you can recruit, you know, there's a lot of good recruiters, but when you have coach K, as the head coach, it's probably a little easier to recruit, you know, um, when you have Coach K, you know, at the helm, but had a hell of a recruiting class, his first class by himself, you know, number one recruiter class in the country. And I knew there'd be some ups and downs this year, but they seem like they're definitely playing better of late, looking like, you know, the guys that, you know, the Derek Livelys and the Whiteheads who um, were injured and didn't have a, a, their full training camp seem like they're coming along more. So there was definitely, I had some hesitations with this team because, you know, with me, you know, with a lot of Duke teams, you know, it's, you know, they always had good recruiting classes, but they always had that guy, right? They had Zion, Jason Tatum, Brandon Ingram, you know, Paolo Bencaro last year, right? They always had that guy out of the class. That's like, all right, everyone's good around them, but they have that go-to guy. And, and I was a little worried because especially with Whitehead being hurt with the foot, you know, they didn't really have that guy. So I was a little worried, but it seems like he's getting more comfortable last game they played. You know, he, he definitely, you know, 
it definitely felt like he was getting back in rhythm and, and looked like the Whitehead assault in high school. So definitely going to see some ups and downs this year uh, on the ACC as a toll is, a, is, is very, very down to shitty ACC. So, you know, even though they may not be as good of a team as previous team, they might by default because the ACC is so down this year. It's, it's bad, Stu. It's bad. UNC is, is, is down. I think they've lost four in a row, whatever. Like they went from number one to unranked. So, you know, um, I think I, I should, you know, I was a little pessimistic on them, but now I feel like I'm feeling more optimistic simply because the conference is not good too. Speaking of UNC, uh, Duke's rival, I, I want to talk about that for a minute because Herbert, Herbert Davis takes over as a head coach last year. And in the first year, you know, he, he makes the, the tournament, makes the final four, makes the national championship, right? In his first year after taking over. And then you look for Roy Williams and then, Shire takes over now for Coach K. Is there pressure, do you think, as, as they're looking across the state over to UNC for Shire to win immediately? Because they're like, listen, our, our, our rivals, like this is like Bama, Auburn in, in the NFL or in college football. This is like Michigan, Ohio State in college football. Like whatever they're doing, if they're having success, why are we not having success doing the same thing they're doing? That's the team we want to beat. When you look at, what Herbert Davis did in the first year. And I understand this year they've lost four in a row. They started off number one, all that kind of stuff. But I'm not saying within the first year Shire needs to win it or make it to the national championship or make it to the tournament. But do you think there's pressure from Duke fans to say, hey, we at least need to have a fighting shot for a tournament or at least make the tournament for us to be okay and him not be, I don't want to say on the hot seat, but at least like, be considered where Duke fans are like, yo, get this guy out of here by, by this time next year. I mean, there's always pressure, you know, they lost to remember they, they lost to their rivals last year, <laughs> you know, in the tournament. It, it's like if Ohio state lost to Michigan in the college football playoff, right? Yeah. That's right. Not what you want, right? And yeah. That you would, you know, you, you see how Ohio state fans, like they lost to Michigan and they want their coach who's only lost like five games fired already. Like these rivalry games, especially, to this magnitude, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, Duke, North Carolina. Those are probably the two rivalries. And I, I think Duke, North Carolina is the greatest rivalry, you know, in sports. I, I just think it, it, the history, the players that have gone, that played in these rivalries have gone on to the league. Like, we're not just talking about regular play. We're talking about the cream of the crop all time and all that. And obviously, Hall of Fame coaches going at each other. So for Shire... I think there's always expectations at Duke, especially when you come in with the number one recruiting class and it, and it is still Duke and coach K is still behind the scenes, you know, definitely, you know, uh, helping out to an extent, but I think with expectations have to be realistic. This is, you know, John Shire has to implement his system. All right. He has to coach his way he has to do it this way. And, it's going to come, like I said, mentioned before, it's going to come with ups and downs and all that. So I think expectations, you know, need to creep down. But, you know, yeah, I think they're still, even with, even if they struggle this year, I still think they're a tournament team for sure. They should be a locked tournament team. It doesn't matter how far they go. That's the thing I can't guarantee. I think they're definitely a tournament team. I think they can even win the ACC with, championship. With the tournament, it's... It it's a little different because it's not like the NBA finals where you have seven games or, yeah. you know, five games or whatever. One bad night and that's it. <laughs> exactly. And clearly the best team, I mean, you may get one lucky win in the NBA, but it's hard for a, a, yeah. a 
inferior team to be a superior team, you know, three or four times. Hundred percent. But hard. in college basketball, you could have an off night. One bad player could foul out, and it could change the entire course of a game. So, you know, I agree. I, I don't think necessarily he has to make a run in the tournament. Just make the tournament. Y'all definitely make the tournament. You definitely want to make the tournament. Uh, and then whatever happens from there happens from there. Like you said, how many times have we seen, you know, um, teams lose in the first round and, you know, 32 and one record, 32, you know, Virginia, for instance, <laughs> best number one overall seed in the whole tournament. You know, I think they had a couple losses and they lose by 20 to a 16, you know, so anything can happen in the tournament. But I, I definitely think getting to the tournament and at least a, a sweet 16 at, at least. But this team's different. This team's different. And, you know, so I think fans, I think for the most part, fans have realistic expectations for this team. Obviously, you want to win a national championship, of course. And they could. They really could just because of the, the, the parity this year in college basketball. And like I said, the conference is down. So. But realistic expectations, you know, tournament and uh, don't lose the UNC in the tournament. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but but maybe that's if UNC makes the tournament because, you know, they, they, they're off to a bad start right now. So that's true. That's true. All right. Let's transition now to the top 25. Uh, Chris, I want to focus on real quick a team that I've watched play this year, because for those who don't know, I'm a Butler basketball fan. And, you know, we're having our own up and downs. Hey, we're off to an okay start this I mean, year. I mean, your coach hasn't coached in a while, so that's right. expected. Yeah. But I want to focus on the number seven team, according to the AP poll, at least by my rankings. That's the Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee is a team, in my opinion, who, who they, first of all, they can shoot the lights out. They're, they're very good. I think they're one of the more underrated teams in the country. And I know it's hard – for somebody to sit at seven and be like, yo, Stuart, how are they one of the more underrated teams in, in college basketball? But I think they're just starting to come into their own. And I think by the time we get to the tournament time, this could be one of the more dangerous teams in the country. Oh, Tennessee. Tennessee is a very well-balanced machine. I mean, they had to stretch where they beat your Butler Bulldogs. They beat Kansas. And uh, who, who else did they beat? Um, USC. So they had yeah. a nice little stretch where they beat some good teams. and. You know, me and Kev, who, who hosts the Get a Bucket podcast, and we talk a lot of college basketball and all that, and we're, we're, we uh, we like Tennessee, but it's sometimes it's like Tennessee football, right? It's like this year, like you want to believe in them, and then what happens? Yeah, they, you know, let, you they, they let you down. It just seems like that's been the Tennessee way for a while and all that, but they, they, have, they have what it takes to win a national championship. They definitely have what it takes to win a national championship. They play defense. You know, uh, they're, they're top five and essentially like a lot of major defensive categories and all that. Um, so that's key important. in tournament time, which is key. And they defended three. And I've always said this with tournament teams. If you want to have success, and this is why we see a lot of upsets. We see teams that don't defend the three, play teams that can't shoot the three and get hot. And they defended three. So they're not going to, that's not going to happen to them. So that's why I think people may be high on them because is because they do defend at three. They play great defense and they're like, they're balanced on offense. The offense is solid and all that, but you know, they just they play defense. You know, you look at the can Kansas, they play when they play Kansas, they give it 50 points to Kansas. You have 50 points to Kansas, 45 to your Butler team, you know, 66 to, to USC. And then that was an overtime. 
you know, uh, and recently, you know, not playing great competition, but 49 points and 40 in the last two games, you know, they're doing something right. So they, they definitely have what it, they have a, a good balance of upperclassmen and some young guys. They, Julian Phillips is someone that's been on the draft radar. He's been really good, you know, so far this season. Um, my guy Vescovi is, is a sniper last year was a killer shooting a three. And, and they got the kid from, uh, around my area, the Indiana state transfer as well. Who's been playing pretty well for them this year as well. Yeah. So they just have everything you need, you know, the perfect balance, you know, to win a, a national championship. So, you know, um, you know, Josiah Jordan, James too is another one. Um, but you know, they, they have what it takes. They have what it takes. SEC is, you know, the SEC is a very, you know, very good conference. And even teams that we throw on the bottom are good. So they get, it's going to be a battle, especially once they get the SEC play. But they have what it takes to win a national championship. They definitely have what it takes to win. They play defense. They, they play really good defense, and that's going to come big once you get to tournament time. So they definitely have what it takes. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's just it's because it's Tennessee. <laughs> and I've said this even, so I'm like, it's, and me, and, me and Kev talked about it. We're like, oh, yeah, but it's Tennessee. You know, they got to get rid of that stigma, that that narrative about them, you know, that it's not the old Tennessee, like, you know, so, you know, but they, they have what it takes to win a national championship for sure because they have a great balance. Is Purdue for real? Like, I, I want to, in some rankings, they're the number two team in the country. Uh, according to the AP poll, I may be a week behind. I don't know. But on the NCAA website, they're ranked fourth in the AP poll. Mm-hmm. Um, are they for real? Because – I think we've seen this before from Purdue. We've seen a, a Purdue team, you know, with with some big guys like Rodney Hummel in the years past. We've seen some with others, you know, the Carson Edwards-led teams as well, where they've been very, very good, and they've mm-hmm. had some high expectations. But you talk about it, and and they've disappointed a couple times in the regular season, and then they disappointed come tournament time. I know it's early, and we keep bringing up the tournament. I know we're only, what, eight games in, nine games in for some teams, but – ultimately like we look at a team like Purdue and, and they've got the big man, they've got a good guard, but you yeah. look at Purdue and I look at, it, I say, man, like the big 10, you know, Ohio state's ranked 23rd in the country. You have Indiana who disappointed a little bit against Rutgers. I believe it was and, yeah, and fell to 14th, but that's still a good team down there in Bloomington. And those two, those two, when they play each other are going to be very, very good. It's, it's going to be a tough matchup, but is Purdue overrated uh, Chris. Is Purdue overrated? I think they're. I think they're good. I think they're good, and I think. Okay. I think obviously you look at last year's team. They had Trevion, you know, uh, they have Jaden Ivy and all that. Zach Eady was there. Um, what's his name? Dianovich. I can't. I think it was. Sorry, I can't say the exact name. I think, but they had guys. But I think this year is just. I just feel like they're they're more open. The the. the, the they have more spacing and all that because when they had Trevion, even though Trevion was coming a lot out of the bench, off the bench and all that, but it just seems like there's more spacing on this team. And they, and they can absolutely just score. You know, you saw it against when they played Duke. You know, they just absolutely just dominated Duke. Even And on the defensive side of the ball, too, they, they're on it. So another team that's just very well balanced, you know, but their offense is really, really good. I mean, just very efficient you know, offense and all that. It just seems like there's more spacing. And it seems like Zach Eady is just allowed to do a little bit more. It's um, his conditioning. I think that's the number one thing. His conditioning looks a lot better. Last year, it looked a little bit sluggish. This year, he just, he looks 
he looks the part and all that. Looks a lot more fresher, looks a lot more smoother and everything. And you know, he's arguably maybe the player player of the year right now in college basketball. He he's having a really, really good season. Um, so yeah, I I know people wanna, you know, are are trying to figure out Purdue and Big Ten teams, period. Cause I know coming into this season, I was very skeptical about the Big Ten, minus Indiana. I, I did like Indiana. Do you still um, like still Indiana? Do. I still like, I know they had a slip up against Rutgers, but Rutgers isn't that bad, you know, isn't that, and the Big Ten has some solid teams. Maryland's good. Uh, Michigan State, they've had some slip, but, you know, they had a good win yesterday, you know, so I think, um, you know, um, the Big Ten's a lot better than than coming into the season than we thought. Maybe it was just like Indiana and everyone else, but. And we slept on Purdue. We thought because the losses Purdue had that Purdue wouldn't be as good. But you know they're they're uh, they're better than we thought. We, they're they're a lot better than we thought. And you know that win against Duke was that was an impressive win. That was a really impressive win. And you know not a lot of their their strength of schedule right now isn't the greatest. But you know they probably thought the Florida State game would be a lot tougher. But Florida State's been a mess this year. Yeah. But the Duke win, that was a Sorry, good. That's Dad. a good win. Yeah, Florida State is <laughs> they're down bad. A lot, lots going on. But but uh, but Fletcher Lawyer's been really good for them. It's just uh, you know, they they just got a good balance. Brand Smith's good freshman. They they they're they've been solid this year. So I think they could keep it up. I think they could keep it up for sure. All right, let's talk about it. They're the number one team in the country, the Houston Cougars. Like let, let, let's talk about them, man. Like. Like, how good is this Houston team? I haven't had a chance to watch them this year. I, I, I had a couple opportunities, too. But, you know, with the job and the way that I work, I have to get to bed kind of early because I got to get up early. But, you know, I've had a couple opportunities to watch them and just haven't gotten around to it. How good is this Houston basketball team this year? They might go undefeated. You think so? They might go undefeated. First team since Indiana in the 70s? I think they can go on. I have them in the Final Four. I had them in my my preseason Final Four. I mean, they're really good. I mean, I love Jarese Walker, their freshman. He's an absolute monster. He's a beast. And then they got Marcus Sasser. You know, is just a bucket. You know, Marcus Sasser is just a bucket. Jerron Roberts is good. You know, they, you know, they just they're just that good. I think they're that good, and they've been a really good program for a while. And this year to me is the year that, you know, we could see another undefeated team and they could cut down the nets, you know, and we talked about Tennessee, possibly maybe Purdue. I would be shocked if Houston is not in the final four. I would be absolutely shocked. I think they're just so good on both ends of the court, especially defensively. They're just, just going to mess you up defensively and all that. And just looking at their schedule, now they do got a tough game coming up against Bama. Bama's good. Um, and, and Virginia. But if they can get past those two games, just looking at their schedule, they could run the table. They get past those two. If they, Stu, if they win those two games, they're going undefeated. I'm telling you that. All right, you heard it here undefeated. first. Going undefeated. If Houston goes undefeated, we'll clip this and we'll we'll say, hey, you heard it here first from the yeah. Prez. Yeah, they're just, they're just they're just another really well-balanced team and, and they have, you know, Sasser was hurt last year. He comes back. He, he's that dude. And then say Jerese Walker, you add that he's a monster, you know, six foot nine, six foot eight, just a, just a beast. And I just, 
this team is very good and, and they could easily just run the table if they win these two games. Those two, those are two of the toughest matchups the rest of the season. So, you know, yeah, I, I, I like them a lot, you know, great coach. Um, so I think, I think they can do it. I think, I think they can do it. And, and, you know, Kelvin Sampson has been under, has been a really good coach for a while, you know, um, and I, I think, I think this is it. This could, could be the year for them. They, they're just really good. Um, Sasser to me is why I believe in him too. Um, he, okay. He's just, you need that guard play. Guard play in, in, in tournament is huge and he's someone that you could trust, you know, to get a bucket um, down crunch time. So, you know, I, I believe, I believe in this team a lot. I really like this team a lot. So yeah, I think, the, I think big things are happening in Houston. All right. Well, we'll, we'll make sure to uh, keep an eye on Houston. Who's a team, whether they're in the top 25, whether they're not, that is kind of, in your opinion, sitting under the radar, a team that is underrated, a team that, you know, you could see, I'm not going to say make, you know, you could see they're sliding into the top 25 before the year's up, or you could see if they get into the tournament as like one of the lower seeds, kind of making a little bit of a run. Virginia Tech. Okay. Virginia Tech, I like they throttled Dayton and Dayton Dayton's having um a little bit of a rush stretch. I they were a team that I like coming in, but uh Dayton hasn't been the same. But they they absolutely walloped Dayton uh last night by th- almost 30, I think. But uh Virginia Tech, they won the ACC championship last year, you know. So, you know, they they built on the momentum and you know they they could be undefeated right now. They, I think they lost to Carlos of Charleston, who's who's a solid team too, like so that that's that loss doesn't it doesn't look bad. I know the name Carlos Charleston may be like, oh, how'd you lose to them? But Carlos Charleston, I think, only has one or two losses this year. They they're actually a really solid team. So, but yeah, Virginia Tech. I I like Virginia Tech a lot. I think they're they they could be a team that could win the ACC again, simply because the ACC is down. And you know, they 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 I like their offense, well balanced on offense and all that. So yeah, I, I like Virginia Tech. I think they they build off the momentum last year. And it's translated into this year where they're playing. They only got one loss, like I said, to Carl's Charleston, and they can easily be undefeated right now. So, like I said, they they beat North Carolina a couple of games ago, and they just throttled Dayton. And, um, you know, uh, so uh, I think Virginia Tech is a team that I see creep up and maybe get into that top 10 even. Okay. Okay. Not just top 25, but top 10. Yeah, All I right. Think so they can get there. when I sent you down the rundown for the show, there was – a topic on there call, uh, that we I wanted to talk about, which was, you know, what you thought the most competitive conference in college basketball was. And I say that because I, I remember having this debate a few years back. I, I can't have it now because I would look like a complete and other fool. But I remember not too long ago, about two or three short years ago, where I made the argument the Big East at that point was the most competitive conference and the big air in college basketball. People are like, well, what, what do you mean? Well, what I meant by that was there were a lot of teams at teams like Butler teams, like St. John's that were beating Xavier and Villanova, who were the top teams in the country. And you looked at it from top to bottom. And it was like, if St. John's played in any other conference, they would have been a tournament team. And, you know, you looked at teams like Providence at, at that time and DePaul and some of those others. And I was like, if they played anywhere else. They would be a, a tournament team. So I like this this discussion because in college basketball, there's the debate between or college football, there's the debate between is the big 10, the top conference or is the, is the sec, the top conference. And 
a lot of that is because of the top dogs, not some of the guys who are sixth, seventh, eighth in the conference. Is there a deep conference in college basketball this year? Or, and I guess, shall I say, is there, who's the best conference in college basketball? Best conference in college basketball. I mean, there's a few. I mean, the SEC is pretty deep. I think the SEC has a lot of good teams. Yeah, I felt uh, like they were pretty deep when I was looking at it earlier. Like a very, yeah. very talented, talented. Yeah, because even you know preseason they were deep, but like just looking at them now, like I mean, even Georgia's solid right now. Yeah, like and Tom Georgia's Crean's got it cooking up there. Like, like um, no, Tom Crean's Tom Crean's been gone for a oh, little yeah. bit. But sorry. But um, even Georgia's off to a solid start. You know, um, I mean, you got Mississippi State, Mississippi Kentucky, State's solid. Kentucky, Ole Miss is solid. Auburn. Um, you know, Florida got lost yesterday, but they they have some pieces. Mizzou, um, South Carolina has Gigi Jackson. Like he's a he's a potential top five, top ten pick in the draft. You know, so he makes South Carolina, you know, a dangerous, you know, they could lose, they could beat anyone any night because of just because of him and all that. And then we talk about the top bam of Tennessee, you know, Auburn, Kentucky, Arkansas, you know, so, you know, big 12 has some, as solid also, I mean, big, the big East, I like the big East a lot, you know, so those are probably the three. So I would say the, the SEC, just off the top of my head, I'm going to go SEC. Big East and Big 12. The Big East has a new top dog. Usually we've been talking about Villanova as the best team in that conference, but just like just like Duke Come and just like on. UNC, they're going through a coaching change. And you look at the conference, you're like, well, look who's right back at the top. They make it back to the Big East, and all of a sudden, UConn's sitting there again, and everyone's like, oh, well, UConn. Man. UConn. Yeah. And the last time we saw UConn as a really, really good team, my Butler Bulldogs fell to the hands of, you know, that that mad guy named Kimba. But they're they're very, very good, UConn is. Yeah, and it sucks because so we got to play them next Saturday and I have a feeling Butler's going to get beat by, like, 90. But, hey, it is what it is. They're, they're, they're really good. Another, another well-balanced team on both ends of the ball. Both ends of the court, and then Adamas Sonogo, someone I liked in the draft last year, big man. He he can, you know, he he could be in the running for Big East Player of the Year. And then obviously they got Jordan Hawkins, who's who's a bucket, you know, you know Johnson too. Like so, they they got a very very well balanced. You know, Hurley, you know Dan Hurley has those guys, you know, really playing. And it felt like it was a big year for Dan Hurley too. Like it felt like he had to really get, you know, that team going. And and they're. They're rolling. They just, like I said, they just beat Florida yesterday by 20, you know, so um, they're, they're playing really, really good. I mean, they got some good wins too. They beat Oregon, you know, to beat Bama, you know, Bama was rolling too. You beat them by 15, beat Iowa state who, who I think just beat North Carolina, you know, so they have some really good, you know, as we get closer to big East play, you know, that's going to be fun. Big East play is going to be really fun. I'm really excited about the big East this year. Yeah, the, here's the thing. I just hope Butler goes from rotating nine guys to rotating about 15 here real soon because this rotating nine guy stuff's hurting us. We're sitting at seven and three. I get it. But, I mean, we got blown out. We were hanging with Tennessee in the first half relatively, yeah. and then we get blown out in the second half because we just get tired, you know? Uh, yeah. 
What are your thoughts? What were your preseason thoughts on Butler? Because I had no, this sounds bad. And as a fan, this sounds horrible, but I, I call myself a realist, right? When it comes to being a fan, I'm that way with the Colts. I'm that way with Butler. I, it's better than being delusional and then being disappointed when, when stuff doesn't go your way. Right. And I had no expectations for Butler this year. I wanted to just come in, have a relatively good year, whatever. We make the tournament great. We don't. I didn't expect to, all right? what What's your thoughts on Butler so far this year? Because my thoughts are this is a very talented team with a lot of young guys, but mm-hmm. we're only rotating nine guys right now. We're only getting nine guys playing, and you're going to have to have a deeper bench and a deeper rotation, especially come Big East time if you want to get some upset wins and, and get some wins under your belt to kind of make a run to try to make it to March, to try to make it to the big dance. Because otherwise, you know, it's not going to happen. We haven't seen the we haven't seen guys like Ali Ali this year, and there's yeah. some others we haven't seen. But Manny Bates has played well. Uh, really you good. know we've we've had Miles Tate's played well. We've had some other guys who have stepped up and played well. But I mean, Prez, we can't you can't keep rolling nine guys out there with not much of a bench and and hope to to make a run in the Big East. But what's your thoughts? What were your preseason thoughts on Butler? And I'm sure you haven't watched much Butler basketball this year. But from what you know, what's your thoughts on them so far this year? based off of what you thought preseason? I thought they would be, I be thought they'd be a solid team. You know, I think obviously there's a transition when you, you know, Thad Mata coming back and we haven't seen exactly. Thad in a, in a while, you know, and my thing was, you know, last time we coached, the game of basketball was completely different, you know, and I know he's been around, the pro, you know, the program and all that for a while, but the game has changed, you know, since what he last coached 2015 or 2016. You know, so that's, you know, the game, <laughs> even the, the world has changed in just, a, you know, in just seven, eight years and all that. So I just wondered if he can, you know, get that magic he once had, you know, at Ohio State and all that. So that was my biggest thing. But, you know, he has some players, definitely has some players. And Manny Bates, you know, is someone who's a big time player and all that. So I thought this would be a year that they'd be solid, that they, they can definitely, you know, compete to get be a tournament team and all that. And I think they're doing fine. I think they're at the trajectory that I kind of expected. I thought they'd be, yeah. you know, that six and four, seven, three kind of team. And I think that's expected. And, you know, it, it, everything's going to see, we're going to see how they play in, in Big East play. Big East play is, is around the, around the block. I think they got one or two more games before we hit. They into, play Cal this Saturday and the next Saturday they play UConn. UConn. And so, that's when, that's when the, all Hades breaks loose at that point. Yes, and that's when we'll see the real teams. And that's why we have to, you know, you know, non-conference play and all that is, um, I know we get excited, but when you get to the nitty-gritty and you're playing conference play, that's where we're going to see, you know, teams, you know, truth colors and all that. So um, it's going to be exciting. You know, they go off two straight games against two big-time teams. You know, they're playing um, UConn and then they go against Creighton. Creighton, I, I have like a... I have a love affair with Creighton and I know they struggled a little bit of late, but I think they'll get back and track and get things rolling. But, you know, I think that they're exactly where I thought they were. I think they'd be, you know, in running to be, a, um, even in year one with that, I thought they can possibly be a tournament team. And, and I think they're, you know, we'll see how they, they, I see how they play that first game against UConn. Cause obviously UConn's going to be undefeated going to, to that game. And, and it's, it's uh, I believe it's, a, is it a home game for you guys? Oh, let me look here. I got the schedule pulled up. It is, uh, it is, it is definitely a home game. Okay. It's at seven p.m. Eastern, and um, that That's... that should be good. I think Hinkle will be rocking. 
that's a tough place to play basketball when you're a visiting team is Hinkle Fieldhouse. But as, yeah. as I'm looking at Butler's schedule, is St. John's really that good this year? They're sitting they're at solid. nine and one. They're solid this year. They're okay. solid here. They're very solid this year. They got Carublo for, for, from uh, Illinois and all that. They're, they're solid this year. You know, they're, like I said, the Big East is, you know, they, they were St. John's. I know they lost some guys last year, but, you know, um, they're, they're solid. The Big East is really good, man. And Yeah, I'm looking at some John's of the schedules. Solid. Yeah, they're solid. So, but we'll, we'll see how they play in Big East play because they haven't really played anyone. You know, uh, um, they played Iowa State and they lost. And they, I know they beat, you know, they won Syracuse. They beat Syracuse a few games ago uh, at the Garden and all. But, you know, we'll see how they, they do. You know, they have a, they had a pretty soft schedule. So that's why I'd say it's so hard to really, you know, view a lot of teams because a lot of teams' records look good. But that's because, you know, they're playing, you know, you know, Appalachian State, Syracuse University, you know, ran schools we didn't even heard of. You know, yeah. you see that a lot. You see schools I haven't heard of, like, you know, SC Upstate, you know, I'm like, Duke played them. I'm like, what? SC Upstate? What is that? And it's like, so, you know, you got you to, you know, soften up the schedule. You get those those easy wins because at the end of the day, you get fired off wins and losses. So I don't, I don't, I ain't going to trip off, you know, schools, you know, scheduling, you know, you know, schools that they know they can beat. But, you know, we see that we saw a backfire on some schools early in the season. We saw some some a lot of upsets early on in the first you know few weeks of the college season but you know um st john's is solid st john's is solid you know um they they got it you know they got a nice backcourt crew and posh alexander and all that so they they got some they got they're solid you know soriano too they got a lot of new york guys too you know so they're they're, they're solid they're solid but we'll, we'll see how that that goes and when they get into tournament into uh conference play all right i, I want to end with this this is a, a discussion that actually well, I have two more topics I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. I heard something, and I, I think it relates, and I think it's very interesting in my opinion, because you look at how things are. It's a bit different. You can't judge the two sports. They are different. But, for instance, when you look at college basketball, whoever takes over for Nick Saban, the expectation is going to be yeah. a national championship. You mm-hmm. make it to the college football playoffs three years in a row and you lose, you're going to get fired. It's just how it is. It's going to happen. That's exactly. same thing with Ryan Day, right? Like Ryan Day, mm-hmm. you know, you lose to Michigan for the third year in a row or second year in a row, whatever, you're probably going to get fired. You make it yep. to the, they made it to the college football playoffs this year, but the expectation because of what Urban Meyer built was a national championship. But when you look at teams like we previously talked about Duke and we talk about, you know, Villanova, Nova's not going to do it this year, but you look at some of the teams that are getting new head coaches and coming in and they're the prominent teams, and we look at them and we say, the expectation is just to make the tournament. There's no expectation to, to win a national championship. Like, you, Shire takes over for Coach K, and it's like, just make the tournament, dude. That's, that's what's expected. It's funny to me how the difference is in college football. It's you take over for this legendary coach, and you got to win a national championship or you're going to be gone in three years. And for Duke or UNC or some of these other schools where you take over for legendary coaches, it's just make the tournament, dude. And that's, you know, we'll extend you for another five years. Yeah. And that's, that's, I, for Duke, obviously it's always going to be, you know, the brand, the legacy that Coach K left is huge. And, you know, Villanova is going to go through maybe some, some growing pains because yes, they have won, but it's, it's, 
been all brand, recent, it, pretty much. It, it is recent and all that. And, you know, Jay Wright is obviously a tremendous coach, but Coach K is at, like, yeah, he's at a level that is, like, up there. You know, just, the you know, the brand of Duke, what he's made Duke become, the players that, that have gone to the league, you know, the amount of number one picks, top, top five picks he's had, All-Americans, National Player of the Years and all that, you know just the brand and all that. And that, that's, that's tough to, that's, that, that's tough. And, and we saw Hubert Davis kind of go through this last year when taking over for coach Roy Williams and UNC struggled in the beginning of last year. And there was some like, Oh, wow. It's, it's, it's you. And UNC still could be going through that, like that phase of like trying to figure out things because they're struggling right now and they're not recruiting the way they used to, you know, they're not getting, the top of the top like they're good they're recruiting solid but they're not getting you know the the top five stars like they used to which is kind of wild duke's still doing that and and i think i would worry for duke if if that stops if the guys are like oh that duke mystique is not there and that's when you'll hear the the shy and that, and that comes with wins and losses if shire wins you know, if he's winning 25, 30 games a year, that'll, that'll come. But we still don't know what Shire is yet, you know, and I think that's going to take a few years, two, three years before we can really get his implant, you know, see what he, his implant is on this on this team. When he gets his full cycle of guys and like Coach K is really away and we can get that, all right, this is Shire and all that. So it's going to take a while, but if he's not winning, then it's simple. Then like if, if they're not winning getting in the tournament or, or they're losing early. They're not getting to a sweet 16, you know, we could hear, but I think, I think, I think that won't be, Shari's going to have a little bit of a, of, of a leash because that's coach K's pick. Coach yeah. K said that's Shire's my guy. So the first pe- you know, the Duke, you know, the Duke brass, you know, if they f- even think about, they're going to, they, they got to run it by coach K as long as he's alive. You know, you know, as long as he's alive, if he says, no, Shire is the guy, you better not let go of him. He's going to be the guy. So I, I think Shire is going to be OK. I think, you know, he's going to have his learning. He's learning curve coaching and all that. But I think he, he's a recruiting monster and has another great recruiting class coming in next year. You know, that might be actually better than the guys he has this year. And we had they had the number one recruiting class in the country this year. So he continues to recruit you know, get, gets three of the top 15 guys every year. There's just by that, you know, they're, they're going to be all right. So it's, 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 it's tough, man. Like I said before, it's like whoever replaces Saban, God bless you. Because <laughs> even if you have the four and five stars that go into Alabama, it's still different. You, you know, even if it's the same guys, you know, Saban recruited, it's you're not Saban. You don't that's have what that we're magic. seeing. That's what we're seeing in Ohio State. You know, like yeah. Ryan Day is very, very good. He's a very good offensive coach. I know Ohio State fans. I know Jeff gets upset with some of his mm-hmm. design and play design and those types of things. But I'm telling you, when you watch this guy, he's an offensive genius. Sometimes it doesn't work out. It happens. But what I'm, but you're always held to the guy who's ahead of you. Just like you know, I, I mean, Urban Meyer was the example there at Ohio State for them heading into this, just like Trestle was for Mm -hmm. Urban Meyer before him. And so there is that expectation. And I just think it's funny because 
the different standards, shall I say, for for the two sports because when you take over, because it's funny because you take over for a Nick Saban or Urban Meyer, the expectation is in three years you better have a national championship or better be competing for a national championship. You take over mm-hmm. for a Roy Williams or a Duke or a Jay Wright, it's man, if if we're in the tournament and we're making it to the Sweet Sixteen, then dude, here's a five year extension. Keep up the good work. And it's just funny because you know you hear guys like you could win 12, 13 games a year and not make the national championship and lose the national championship or not make it. And people were like, well, we should probably, you know, Bama fans would be like, well, you know, who's, who's going to be our next head coach next year or whatever. But, you know, you make it to, you know, you go to Duke, you make the sweet 16 or whatever, and you win 30 games a year or 25 games a year or whatever. And you don't, you could go three, four years without making a national championship and everybody be like, all right, get this guy an extension. He keeps winning. It's just funny to me how the standards different in the two sports. It, it, you, you, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because you're absolutely right. Um, that was a really good point because it seems like in college football, you like let's just go to Ohio State. We have a bunch of Ohio State fans and and the and the network, right? And they lose, they lost one game, and we were like, all right, you lost one game. Yeah, it's against Michigan, and you know when we when Duke lost to the UNC, I was pissed because it's not only did we lose, you know, an opportunity to get to the national championship, but we lost to our rivals, right? And we lost the last game of Coach K's, you know, game at 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 Cameron Indoor. Like, so, you know, a couple bad losses that hurt. But, you know, I knew when we lost to Coach K, it's like, all right, we still got a chance. Like, we didn't lose the national championship until we lost the final four against them. But, you know, that's different. But they still had a chance for the national championship. That's ultimately the, big, the biggest, you know, that is the goal. But it's crazy how in college football you lose one game and, and people are asking for your head, like, you lose four games, five games in whatever amount of years, you can, you can, your head's on the chopping board, you know, where in college basketball, there's a little bit more because it's just, there's so many games. The tournament is a, is a run, uh, uh, you know, a six game run that you have one bad night in that six game run. You, you can, you, you know, that's it. it. It's over. And I know obviously college football is similar, but college, you know, we get the playoff. It's only four teams. So you go, you're on for two games your national championship you could be on for five games four games in, in the nc in basketball and that fifth game you're not that's it yeah you got you went four and one in that stretch but guess what you know that fifth game and it's just crazy how it is very different and it, but it, that winning college basketball is hard to win a national championship coach k went you know it was a stretch i think 2001 was the championship and he didn't win until 2009 it's eight years for duke that's an eternity Hey, that's an eternity. I, I'll give you, you know, credit. Then, and we beat your butt. We beat bu- and listen, that game, that game was close. And Gordon Hayward almost made. If that shot goes in, it's the greatest shot of all time. Of all time. And we're talking of all time. This is a hot take. Actually, I don't think it's that hot. I think it's pretty accurate. If Butler makes that shot, they are where Villanova was under Jay Wright, in a team that brings in these recruits because you've won the national championship. Now, you know, you bring in these top recruits. It'd be what Gonzaga is maybe because you guys yeah. were the mid major. Like everyone talks about Gonzaga being, you know, the top mid major, but you win that national championship. You do something Gonzaga didn't do. Gonzaga has been a powerhouse, right? But they haven't won a national championship. And exactly. it shows how hard it is it's been because they've been to, you know, a national, a couple of national championships, but you know, you would have that up and be like, Hey, well, we won it. <laughs> yeah. You know, we won it. And you guys went back to back. Right. Uh, we went to a few national championships yourself, you know, so 
And it's it's hard to win a national championship. It's hard to win a national championship, and and especially if you're not one of these powerhouses. You know, look, it, that's why it's impressive what Gonzaga has done, essentially building a program that is not in the power six in college basketball and recruiting as if you are. Yeah. That's impressive. That's really impressive to get kids, get, get Chet Holmgren's and Jalen Suggs and and the Clarks and on all these guys to go to Gonzaga and, and wound up producing pros and all that and winning 30 plus games a year. That's impressive what they're done. And that's impressive what you Butler was doing you know, in the, in the early, in the early 2000, in the early 2010s and all that, you know, to I get think to the- though you have to have that guy that wants to stay right. And nothing against Brad Stevens. I, nothing against him, but he left, he went to Boston. I would have taken the job to, I'm not saying I, again, I'm not Butler or the Boston Celtics. I mean, let's, let's be yeah. realistic here. You're and that's the, the thing. And that's the thing. And, you have to create that program to be Gonzaga where exactly where Mark and, Few's not leaving Gonzaga, 100%. unless, unless it's a, maybe a pro job that's enticing, but he's Gonzaga for pretty much like, but he's built help build that program to Butler would look like they were on that path. And Chris Holtman it, got us there too, for a minute. Yeah. And, yeah. but I mean, cause I was so mad at Ohio state because we locked him up for an eight year deal. And I was like, this is our guy. And then a week later, he signs to be the head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes. And it's kind of been an up and down hill since then with Laval Jordan. And now we have Thad Mata. But I think they were on that path. And that's the issue. I think that's kind of the thing. It's like, man, I wish I wish Brad Stevens would have just held on a little bit longer because I think we could have been that team, that Gonzaga team, because I think he could have brought in maybe another another team and who knows, but you know, I, 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 I don't blame think, him. I can't blame him. I would have taken the job too. But I think even if he was to stay there, let's say he doesn't even go to, to Boston. He's probably taking, he probably has a power five job. He probably a takes monster the Indiana job, to be honest with you. He Maybe probably, he probably that was a rumor to Indiana job or, or another high profile job, you know, that he's definitely coaching a Texas or something like that. One of the these big programs that can throw a lot of money at him, and I, I don't know the money situation in Butler, but I don't know if you, I don't think you guys have Texas money or we don't have so Texas I, money. I think eventually Brad Stevens was going to leave, most likely, but you know, um, but it's still you guys have obviously the last maybe like four to five years you haven't been you know Butler, you know, but you still have that that you still have that that smell. You still got the Butler smell where people are like, they know Butler. They're like, and if Butler gets into the tournament, they're like, oh, Butler's in the tournament? Okay, we got to watch out for Butler because you still have that, that yeah. still got that smell from the early, you know, that Brad Stevens ever and all, and all that. And I know, like I said, last few years with Lavelle Jordan wasn't great and, and all that, but you still have that magic and all that. And you can see it. Look at that, you know. He did some good things at Ohio State. You know, yeah. I know it was a while ago and all that. I know they went to the national championship, and that was what 2007 and all with that. Evan Turner, wasn't it? No, that was with that was with Greg Oden. That was a Greg Oden, Conley, yeah. You know, and he's had some good Ohio State teams and all that. And you know, you just got to get the cobwebs off and, and see how we do. Like I said, we're gonna see how we, how it works in Big East play and all that, and how he gets to do in, in this next recruiting cycle and all that. And I gotta check the recruiting, how he's doing. I haven't really checked, you know, how Butler's doing. That's something I'll I'll I'll, I'll tap into because, you know, that's obviously the bread and butter of everything. But um, Butler's, I think they'll be all right. They still got that. The next yeah. day, still got it's still Butler. 
People still people know who, who Butler is. They're still going to be like, oh, that's the team that almost beat Duke. That's the team that's always Cinderella. Like, they're in that Gonzaga, like, you know, non-power. It's still there. So, you know, they, they, you're going to be all right. This is going to come off as a hot take. I know I said I had two more topics, but more stuff's just coming to my mind. But I could talk all day. I could talk I, all day, bro. I know this is going to come off as a hot take, but it's, it wouldn't be the morning brew with Stu if, it, if I didn't no, have we love We love takes, your hot right? takes. College football... Coaching matters. Don't get me wrong. Coaching matters in college football. But you can have, you know, Clemson. You, you look at Clemson. The only reason Clemson is as good as Clemson is is because of Dabo Sweeney. But you look at Clemson as well. Like, they put K. Klubnick in. They go undefeated this year. Like, they're yeah, that good. That they go undefeated this year. Season, yep. And you could go undefeated whether Brett Venables was your head coach or whether it was, you know, Dabo Sweeney with that kind of talent. I'm not saying coaching doesn't matter. Coaching matters. But you watch Ohio State and how seamless it seems that they were able to switch from a guy like Urban Meyer to a Ryan Day and how just seamless that transition was because of the talent they had. They had Garrett Wilson there. They had Justin Fields there. They have C.J. Stroud there. They have all these guys. But college basketball – you get a Duke team that doesn't really have that superstar in 2010. They have a Kyle Singler, some of those other guys in there. They don't have a superstar. The Zion Williams, the the Jason Tatums of the world, they don't have that guy, but yet they win a national championship. That's because of Coach K. You have that because of Coach K. Would you argue that maybe coaching is a little more important in college basketball than it necessarily is in college football? Yeah. Um, especially when you got one and done, you don't have one and done in college football. So you're, you're going to get these, those kids for three to four years. And if they live up to their potential, you know, you're, they're going to be good simply because they just grew as a player. Right. Where in college basketball, you can have a different team every single year. Coach K literally has a new team every year, you know, Zion, Jace, like everyone leaves. There's, you know, he's recruit and, and that also took him to change his ways of recruiting because he wasn't, he's probably still not a fan of the one and done and coaching that way. But in order to stay with the Joneses, you gotta be, you know, he saw coach Cal getting one and done's and all that. And he was like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. I have to UNC's getting, Oh, I, once UNC's getting these, okay. I have to change. And, and you know how old, old people, they, they're stuck in their way, especially old college, ba- old yeah. basketball coaches, Never want to change their, especially Roy Williams. He saw up until the day he retired, he had the back to the back, back to the basket center. It's like, bro, this ain't the, this ain't the eighties. What are you yeah. doing, dude? Yeah, and like they can stay stuck in the ways, and that's how they get left in the dust, you know. And Coach K adapted to that, you know, and went the one and done Ray. But his his coaching, and some people have questioned some of his X's and O's, and he's had some, you know, but you know, it happens and all that, and some big games and all that. But for the most part, I mean, he won. He, you know, he's won with the one and dones. He's won with the three to four year starters and all that. And coaching is very important in today's era of basketball because this is so much turnaround in college basketball because guys could leave after one or two years. You know, there's no you know, college football. You got them for at least three years, right? At least. At least three years, you can have them for five, whatever, but at least you have them for three to five years, you know, so that natural growth as just a human, they're going to get better. You're going to progressively get better just because naturally, you know, you're going to get better with age and all that. So in college basketball, there's just so much and all that. And 
Not always getting all the top recruits means you're going to be good because now you have to mesh all these guys in just a short amount of time. And it's not like, oh, well, we got three years to build it. No, you got 30 plus games to figure this out and try to win this or something, you know? So there's a lot of pressure in that with today's coaches and, and um, some have adapted, some haven't. And, you know, but um, yeah, I think cause basketball is tough to coach in today's era. That's why we're seeing a lot of changes and all that. But yeah, it's very difficult uh, where college football, you have these guys for three to four years and there's a little bit more patience, you know, no with that, you know, you're going to get four years, three, four yep. years because they know, all right, you need a recruiting cycle for before we can be like, all right, you need to get fired unless it's something wild. No, that we're in college basketball, you know, we're seeing a Louisville right now, like <laughs> it might be one and done, you know, um, oh my guy, Kenny Payne, because they've just been so bad, like they're just been so God awful, you know, so he could be one and done or maybe one more year and that's it, you know? So, you know, college back, it's, co- it's important in coach, especially at this young, you know, at this age, you can 17, 18 year olds. I think this, this is very important with coaching and all that. Um, I think college sports period is, is coaching matters. I think once you get to the pros, it's like, all right, just give yeah. me, you give me the best players and I'm going to win. Belichick got the best players and then he won. Like NFL is so. more of a, the NFL is more of a culture-driven thing. Like, yes, you need X's and O's. Yes, you need systems. You got to be able to deal with personalities. I think if you're the best manager of personalities, you're going to have success. Exactly. And in the NBA, it's a very star-driven league. Like, why the Los Angeles Lakers even have a coach, I don't know. Like, I mean, you got guys like LeBron. You got guys like Anthony Davis. You don't really need a head coach. Mm. But it is – it's a little bit different than it was when, like, MJ was there and those types of things. But – yeah, I agree. College sports as a whole, coaching is very important. Very Big important. thank you, Chris. Big thank you, Prez, for coming on. I appreciate uh, you, brother. Real quick, man. Let people know where they can find you, what you're working on. Just some, you know, this is an opportunity to plug your stuff, man. Yeah, man. First of all, thanks for having me on, bro. The first time. I hope it's not the last time because if we got to do this again, love talking college, college ball. I know we got the Giants Colts coming up soon. You know, um, if we score, I mean, I don't think we scored 51 points in a couple of weeks. So, you know, if we could do that against <laughs> I, you guys, that would be. Why'd you have to go there? That'll, that'll be uh, that'll be a pleasure. But, uh, yeah, you can follow me off the ball pod is where I'm most active um, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, go follow off the ball network, OTB underscore network on Twitter. Um, go check off the ball network.com. A lot of great stuff we got on there. Go check out the YouTube channel. We're almost at 300. I know that's a, that may be a small number, but. You know, uh, we've been making strides with the with the YouTube channel, so we're a few away from 300. So go leave a sub to Authable Network on YouTube, and uh, do it having a podcast with uh, uh, do talking some draft stuff that's coming up. Uh, got a uh, the college basketball new college basketball podcast I'm doing. I got Kev get a bucket podcast. You can subscribe there. We got a we, um that show's gonna come out this weekend, and uh, yeah, just follow me there. And like I said, thanks again for having me on. Of course, man. Of course. Hey, for those of you listening, listen, I can only grow this so much, right? I can only tweet. I can promote. I can do all that. It's you guys that's listening that helps the show grow. So if you know somebody who loves, you know, sports content, sports talk, sports podcast, do me a favor. Send this to their email, their work email, their their DMs, their text messages. Uh, I don't care if you got to, I, I don't care if you got to like, you know, somehow ship it to them i i don't know figure it out i don't care if you gotta go old school whatever if you know somebody spam the crap out of them dude make them make annoy them so much that you know 
they almost want to block you. They won't, but make them <laughs> almost want to. Just help the show grow. I'm a big believer in you guys making it grow. Um, I can only do so much, but I appreciate you guys. I appreciate all y'all listening. For those of you listening, have a good day, good night, good afternoon, whatever it is. You have a good one, and I'll see you next week.